I think it's getting an understanding. Like, what is, what are you looking for here? Like, well, I, I want to lose 10 pounds. Well, why? How much do you weigh? I weigh 140. I said, well, what if I told you that you can look the exact way you want to look at 140 pounds? Like you were to look at yourself in the mirror naked, like you feel great. You're like, oh my God, I'm hot. Like I look amazing. My energy level's high. And you were still 140 pounds. Would you rather that or would you rather be 130 pounds and be unhappy? Welcome to Better with Dr. Stephanie. I am your host, Dr. Stephanie Estima. This show is for women just like you with a deep desire for learning, self-actualization, and becoming more of who you already are. Every week, we are going to deconstruct how to build better bodies, better minds, better relationships, better sex, and better families. I'll be giving you access to world-class thought leaders to help give you the tools to answer this question. What are the simplest things that you can do today to get better tomorrow? I am part geek, part magic, and want to share the juiciest questions, topics, and often taboo conversations that I think I've always wanted to be a part of and I wanted to be having. So let's get better together. Hey, buddies, welcome back to Better with Dr. Stephanie. It's me, your host, Dr. Stephanie Estima. And today I have a great conversation with you with Don Saladino. Now, Don, uh, for over 20 years, has coached actors, athletes, musicians. Uh, in 2005, he opened up his first gym in New York City called Drive 495. And after operating that brick and mortar uh, gym and gyms for 15 years, uh, Don closed his clinic, very or his gym rather, very similar to my story, uh, to uh, expand to a global online fitness business. He has developed a reputation for training some of the biggest names in Hollywood for the big screen, uh, Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Emily Blunt, Sebastian Stan, Anne Hathaway, Hugh Jackman, uh, and many, many others. He's been tapped as a fitness expert in publications such as Muscle, Muscle and Fitness, Men's Health, Men's Fitness, MedRx, featured in all the publications, People, US Weekly, Origins and Touch, Cosmo, Shape, and has made appearances live doing fitness demos on the Today Show, Page Six, uh, People Now, E! News, The Better Show, etc. So what did we talk about today? Well, I reached out to Don because I wanted to have a conversation around bodybuilding for women. And it's not what you think when I say bodybuilding, I mean building muscle and building a physique because that's what bodybuilding is. It's building out your musculoskeletal frame. So we start talking about his origin story uh, with the gym and how he expanded into uh, the online space. We started to talk about uh, exercise programmatics. So as you might infer, he's been asked probably more times than he wants, like, tell me what the program is for Blake Lively. Tell me what you did for Jennifer Aniston. Tell me what you did for Blake Lively. And so we talk about why that might be the wrong question to be uh, asking and what some of the right questions are and how you earn the right to do certain exercises. You'll hear him say that throughout the show that you earn the right to do more advanced stuff. And then we get into the physique building for women. We talk about the hourglass figure or that X frame misconceptions about training for women and why lifting hard is and heavy is the way to build out and hypertrophy um, the muscles. We talk about hormonal benefits for weightlifting. We talk about brain benefits, how this helps your focus and your drive. We touch on nutrition 
nutrition as well, which of course is a big focus of this podcast and my own personal interest where, you know, I see a lot of women falling off uh, around their self-image and their relationship to food. We self-soothe with food. We raid the pantry. So we talk about how we might begin to better have a better relationship um, with food. And we talk about supplements and we sort of go on this beautiful geeky magic carpet ride um, in on the fitness industry and really what it takes to uh, to build muscle over the long term. We talk about sleep for fat loss. We talk about mobility, spine and joint health, the difference between a good coach and a bad coach, um, and then shiny penny syndrome, uh, if you will, with programming. All in all, I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. Um, We have uh, some mutual friends uh, in the industry, which you'll hear us talk about as well. So without further delay, please enjoy my conversation with Don Saladino. I get a lot of questions about how to ease perimenopause and menopause symptoms. And here's a really simple answer for you. Take a good mineral supplement. Your body loses a ton of minerals as you transition through perimenopause and menopause. And mineral deficiencies make a lot of the common symptoms worse. For example, if you're struggling with poor sleep, fatigue, joint pain, hot flashes, or any other side effects that are wearing you down, you might think about giving Beam Minerals a try. Their full-spectrum mineral supplement contains every single mineral that you lose during perimenopause and menopause. And there is a meaningful dose here with close to 100% bioavailability. All you have to do is take a shot of liquid every morning to replenish your mineral stores and ease the symptoms that you might be experiencing. Beam Minerals just taste like water and you'll feel the difference within a few days. Head over to beamminerals.com and use the code BETTER for 20% off. Don Saladino, I am thrilled to welcome you to The Better Podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we were just uh, chatting about um, uh, Dr. Gabrielle, our mutual uh, friend, your and, and Sean, and she's been on the pod before. She's been a longtime friend of mine, so it's it, it's nice to uh, nice oh, to sort of connect the, the dots. It's such a small world, right? It, like there's a, like everybody sort of knows everybody. Yeah, it, it, it really is. I, I think once you start getting into this, it's almost a little bit of a niche market, right? Because everyone falls into a bit of a category where I think we're all able to add a bit of value to each other's life. And that's nice. And what I'm finding is the the coaches, the doctors, the people I'm around, they're not only incredibly intelligent, but they're just really good people. And um, I think that's like the formula, right? Like that's what I want to be around. I mean, it's easy to find someone that's smart, but um, you know, are they able to deliver, you know, that information in just a very humble a humble way, something that's very palatable. And, and, I, and I find you start realizing that, oh, wow, we all kind of hang out with each other. And it's fun. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I'm excited to have you on the show today because Thank you. Um, you are a wealth of information. You certainly walk the walk um, and mm-hmm. your roster of clients is uh, incredibly uh, impressive. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, who you are. And I really want to dive into, you know, physique building, uh, for women because there, and we've had other guests on the show. Um, you know, uh, Sal Stefano, who you might know, uh, was on the show as well. We were talking about it and I said, you know, I really think you have a lot to say about this and you would be a really valuable contributor to this conversation. And just kind of before we get into that, I think it's worth, you know, a little street cred, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe talking a little bit about, and I was saying this to you in the pre-chat, you know, your story from 495 drive when you were yeah. you know working in, in New York city, 
to uh, what I would call an exponential rise in terms of your client roster, uh, mm-hmm. I think is, is worth uh, maybe just, you know, starting the pre-frame, laying the foundation for the type of knowledge and the type of uh, experience and clientele that you've had. No, I, first off, I really appreciate it. I'll try and keep it to under, I don't know if it's possible to do that under three minutes, but, you know, listen, I, I became a coach back in 1999, I worked at a big box gym left, um, went one-on-one, started going into homes, started going to one-on-one facilities, um, raised about 5 million bucks in 2003, 2004 to open my first club, Drive 495 in New York City. It was a golf fitness training facility. Um, Really dove into, uh, went from being a personal trainer to a strength coach and really understanding kinematic sequencing, the golf swing. My brother was a professional golfer that moved back amateur. Uh, we then launched a um, an app company back in 2010 with uh, professional athletes Dwayne Wade, Adrian Peterson, and um, and uh, Ernie Els. The um, the app crushed it out of the gate and then made a screaming crash and burn after a specific period of time. And I think we really learned about digital media then uh, early on in 2010. I think we learned the importance of engagement, that celebrity, it really doesn't matter with the celebrity. And um, a lot of companies try and sign celebrities to deals now, uh, yet it's really about that engagement. And I could talk about some of my clients that have had a high level of success and how we found success. Open Drive 443 was my second club up on um, Park Avenue. Um, and then come the pandemic, which was 2000. Um, they shut gyms in March 16, 2020. Um, we had three months left on our lease. Our 15 year lease was expiring in three months. And because I had this infrastructure in place, I was able to 10 X my business in um, in under a year. And then the following year I was able to double that. So, um, then I built my barn, which is, this is in my backyard, about 60 feet from my, from my uh, porch and it's a multi-floor uh, gym that I run my whole digital business out of. Um, I don't take on one-on-one people anymore. I work with Blake Lively, Ryan Reynolds, Sebastian Stan and Annie Hathaway. That's pretty much it. Um, still friendly with all my celeb clients, but really focusing on my community. Uh, I've got about over 10,000 active people in my community right now. So, um, and, and just, you know, having just a great time with work now, not dealing with a three hour commute anymore. Um, always continue my education. I think over the last, you know, since 1999, I've probably taken 200 certifications. I'm not even kidding, or over 200 courses or whatever you want to call it. It's just something that I've always been so passionate about because I felt like the fitness and wellness space, the health and wellness space is something that we have some control over, right? It's not like, you know, I played college baseball and you can work as hard as you want. You can still strike out. Like, I just feel like in this industry, the more knowledge that you learn, the better connections that you make, the better people that you meet, the more better things happen, right? And just, you're able to really propel your career. So um, that's where I've uh, taken my businesses. I, I, I have gone into the digital space early on, the brick and mortar, probably done with the brick and mortar, have some potential licensing deals in place. But um, now I am you know, spreading my wealth of knowledge out to hopefully, which will soon be millions, but that's really what I've been trying to do. So um, I hope that was, maybe that was five minutes. I don't really know. No, that was I tried, great. No, I, I tried that. to spit through quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that that's, that's wonderful. And there's so many uh, parallels. Like I can really relate to a lot of what you were saying. So you closed mm-hmm. your gym in uh, 2020. Um, mm-hmm. I um, had the opportunity to exit my brick and mortar practice. I'm a chiropractor by training. Uh, mm-hmm. So was able to exit my uh, chiropractic practice in 2019, uh, in April, mm-hmm. 2019, because oh. I had felt the same, it seems like, and I might be putting words in your mouth, but you can correct me. I felt really 
called to, um, to serve people on a bigger level that was not limited to my geography. So right. yes, we had people coming in from, you know, different, you know, towns and cities and stuff to come in for care. Um, but it was really, I really felt like I wanted to speak to women in a, in a larger sort of global audience. Um, and it seems like you've done that as well. Yeah. And what's, what's ironic about it was I think, you know, most people look at me and they're like, Oh, you're, your demographic is guys. And I've even had a lot of women coaches say, Oh, Don deals mainly with guys. My community is 70% female, right. which is, and I, I think that probably has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, I'm in there, you know, talking them through this process and I'm coaching daily and even to, uh, to, to the masses when you're in my closed community, you have access to that. But, you know, um, it also has a lot to do with the fact from a business standpoint, you know, a woman is twice as inclined, two to three times more inclined to open an email than from a guy. So I think between a lot of the positive marketing that I had through people like Blake or Annie or Emily Blunt or Scarlett Johansson, um, I think a lot of women did see what I was doing and how I was able to help them um, different body types, right? And it's, I wouldn't necessarily even say they were all transformations because a lot of them were, you know, always in you know decent shape. I think, you know, we got them a lot stronger and stronger for me is, all right, well, there's flexibility and there's stability and that equals mobility. So yes, we were able to create this level of mobility, this level of control over their body. And we were able to show them that picking stuff up, that, that are things that are heavy safely, right? Like choosing the, the right amount of dose, the right dosage for each one of them. Um, I think they found that fitness became a lot of fun for them. And that it didn't feel like someone was standing over them with an axe, you know, beating the living, you know, what out of them. This really became more about, okay, you know, you've got three children. We've got to pay attention to how you slept last night. And we have to check your readiness and we have to call audibles day in and day out. And I, and I know for a fact, this is the biggest misconception in fitness. People are just under the assumption that you always got to come in with this specific, I, I use the word with Annie Hathaway, not the name drop, but temperature, right? This, oh, well, you know, you always got to come in with this, with this level of intensity. And like, we always use the word temperature, like our, what's the temperature today? Like, where, where are we at today? How was work last night? How was sleep? How's the family feeling? Like there's all these variables that I think are going to control the temperature that we need to set for the workout that day. And when you go in there with that mindset and you go in there and you really allow the individual to leave an hour later, finding success, that was my business plan over over 40,000 one hour sessions I've done in my life. That's a lot of sessions. All right. And my business plan for every one of them was I got an hour to make them feel better. I'm not going to make them look better in the hour. Right. We, we know that's not going to happen in one hour of work. But I could, if I can have them leave there physically and mentally feeling better, then that's it. Check in with them. Show them that you care. Show them that you don't really your concern isn't about the dollar. It's about them. And you're going to build a pretty strong business. Yeah, I really love that because there's some nuance to what you're talking about, right? As you mm -hmm. said, sometimes the kids don't sleep and maybe they have a, they're on a shooting schedule and they, they're, they were up at 2 a.m. to reshoot or, you know, whatever it is. Right. Um, right. I think that checking in that temperature uh, metric that you, uh, that you said is so great. And then you can still make progress. But right. I think that one of the highlights of a great coach, um, which maybe distinguishes, you know, like the good from the great is knowing when there's appropriate 
progression, but also knowing when we should be appropriately regressing without shame, without guilt, without yelling at them. Uh, maybe as you see in like, you know, TV shows or whatever, where you have to like scream at someone on the treadmill in order for them to do something. Right. I think that this, it's such a beautiful thing that I think is not really discussed where we, and I, I, I love to finish a session and saying like, I left it all on the floor, like whatever it was I was dealing with to the best of my ability I left it all on the weight room floor, floor, right? But sometimes that that temperature, you know, if we're using like a, a scale of 10, let's say, it might be an eight, sometimes it's a six, sometimes it's a 10, sometimes it's a two. But that's coaching. Yeah. That's coaching. I mean, yeah. that's that's why you're good at what you do. I mean, that's probably the one area that a lot of coaches out there really struggle to grasp, right? It's just like, oh, well, we gotta, you gotta train to failure. I'm like, no, you no, you don't. Like no, like just allow them to leave there feeling good. Allow them to understand that today, what we gave you was the right amount. And um, even like, even like when you said regressions, like I, I try to get, I, I try and call it more lateralizations, right? Because right. I'm like, I don't even want right. them to hear the word regressions. Right, right, right. Like, no, no, coach, someone, put me in. Oh, coach. Okay, yeah, yeah, no, 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 <laughs> I can, I can do it. I'm like, yeah. no, we're calling a lateralization today. Like yeah. you just flew in from Singapore you're you walked in you, you smell like scotch you had three hours of sleep last night you're dehydrated and your program says that you have to hit a, you know um, a, a five rep pr at an rpe of nine like no we're we're not doing that today that's that's idiotic like let's let's use this as an advantage to focus on other things that are going to allow you to feel successful maybe some recovery cardio right maybe we're working that energy system maybe we're working on a lot of mobility to kind of unwind the body Maybe we're, we're, you know, we are burning a little bit of fat. Maybe we are getting a lot of waste out of the body. Sure as hell, we're getting that booze out of the body. Maybe we're rehydrating during that session and they're leaving there in a better place. And then I can say, all right, tomorrow we're going to come back in. We're going to turn it up a little bit. This is how we're going to pivot. That's what it's about. But the problem is, is that I, I think and most of your people, I'm sure they've seen it, right? They, they've had before you, maybe they had some bad coaching experiences or maybe they had some situations with people where, you know, they became a bit discouraged. And because of that, suddenly now it's in their head. Like, you know, when, when a woman, when they used to see me, right. When, when I was, you know, 15, 20 years ago, they would look at me and be like, I don't want to get big. I think, okay. <laughs> like, you can't, even if you wanted like, to. Yeah. I, 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 exactly. But like, you know, you've <laughs> got to be cognizant of it. It becomes difficult sometimes because if someone, and I get calls from friends, like, you know, I've been, I've been strength training and I think I'm getting bigger. And I'm like, okay, like, like let's, Let's look into this a little bit. Are your measurements changing? No. Well, how much booze have you drank lately? Well, I had a party last Friday and then I had one again Tuesday and it's mm -hmm. Thursday. I'm like, okay. In my head immediately, I'm like, she's retaining water. Like, of this course. is what's happening. Psychologically, she's off. But, you know, it, it's very, like, the thing I try not to do is be like, no, you're not. Like, no, like, because I, I really don't know. Because, you know, as well as anyone else, that someone could start a strength training program and just respond differently and, you know, maybe just, you know, start, you know, arms might be getting, maybe they think it's getting bigger. Maybe they're getting more muscular. Maybe they don't look the way that they want to look. And that's why I always kind of ask them when I would sit down with a celebrity to get them ready for a role, no matter what the role was. And I've had some, by the way, I've had some weird requests. Like I've had, normally everyone's coming in saying they either want to work like, look like Brad Pitt fight club or Ryan Reynolds in one of his movies. But you know, I've had some people who are like, you know, I remember Joaquin Phoenix had to drop like six, 60 pounds for a role. Like, you know, and you're sitting there going, Oh no, don't make me do this. Right. But um, I think it's getting an understanding. Like, what is, what are you looking for here? Like, well, I, I want to lose 10 pounds. Well, why? How much do you weigh? I weigh 140. I said, well, what if I told you that you could look the exact way you want to look 
at 140 pounds. Like you were to look at yourself in the mirror naked, like you feel great. You're like, oh my God, I'm hot. Like I look amazing. My energy level's high. And you were still 140 pounds. Would you rather that or would you rather be 130 pounds and be unhappy? And they're suddenly like, uh, uh, they don't know how to answer that question because that's what's been programmed in their head. So we, I, we have a line called NSV, non-scale victories. And we try and focus on these non-scale victories first. Like my, my idea is, all right, listen, I'm going to present you a plan, a workout plan. It's never going to be perfect. Like some people jump on it and they may see great results and other people might turn around and be like, well, you, you have me doing lateral bounding here. And I had, uh, I had ACL surgery and I'm not supposed to be doing this. I'm like, okay, we need to call a lateralization now, right? Or, you know, there's a nutrition plan with that. And then suddenly, you know, I started stilling these values in them. Guys, don't worry about the scale. Don't worry about the scale. Don't worry about the scale. Energy level, sleep quality. Um, I'm trying to just do, yeah, exactly. All the stuff. Like how are we like, yeah, how's, how's your sex, sex drive? How's all this stuff going? And then suddenly they start focusing on what they need to do that day rather than obsessing on, oh my God, I got to lose 20 pounds, which is like, as you know, as well as I do, is it could be a complete bullshit number. It might've just been eight pounds and her body just completely changed. Not to rant, but I had a woman last year who won my overall challenge for the year. I, I've had women, I have a woman right now that I got from 872 pounds, almost 900 pounds, and she's down to 360 pounds. Like I've had people lose 500 plus pounds, remarkable. I've had people lose easily 100, 200, 300 pounds. I had a woman who won my challenge last year and she gained one kilo. She's European. She gained one kilo and she won her challenge. So if you heard that on paper, you're like, wait a second, she gained 2.2 pounds. Why? Well, she lost eight pounds of muscle. No, I'm sorry, she, she lost eight pounds of fat and she gained over, you know, whatever it was, nine, nine and a half pounds of muscle, whatever the math is, 10 pounds of muscle. And she completely changed your body composition, completely changed your sleep habits, completely changed your lifestyle. Even when she used to cheat, she used to go off the rails and lose it. And then she just finally found some balance. That's who I want to make an example of, right? Like that's, that's what I'm trying to sell. I'm not trying to sell this bullshit you know, 20 day fix and just try and put someone right. through something that they're suddenly going to lose all this weight. And they're like, Oh my God, I lost all this weight. And I'm like, well, why, why are you here then? Well, well, like I gained it back. I'm like, well, then it didn't work. <laughs> like, you know, it's totally. like, totally. So. Totally. I love what you're saying because I think that we do have to change our language around this. When we say we want weight loss, it's like what you're talking about is body composition change. You want to reduce your adiposity. You want to reduce your fat, but then you want to, as you were saying, put on muscle because you can be the exact same weight or heavier, um, but you're going to look better, feel better, function better and perform better. And I think we've really been sold, you know, a lie around what it takes to change your body composition as well. Like you said something that I really liked, um, it was like 30 pounds in 30 days or something. And it's like, you know, it's like lose yeah. 10 pounds in 10 days. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to lose 10 pounds. That's no. like organ weight. That's like my brain, my bones getting more, uh, you know, like I'm losing water. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm losing, yeah. I'm losing water. And that's not actually sustainable because the minute that I have any, any water, it's coming back on. And when we want to lose weight, we want to be thinking about fat. We want to be dipping into our stored energy. We don't want to get smaller organs and frail bones. Cause that also makes up weight on the scale as well. Right. So yeah, love, love, love what you're saying. And, you know, to Thank your you. point around the, um, you know, programs, you know, kind of adapting to the programs you mentioned at the top of our conversation, you've taken all of these certifications and I like you am a super nerd. I love learning. And I think I'll always be, you know, as a teacher, I think you have to always be by definition learning mm -hmm. and there's a science let's say, to 
you know, muscle and body composition and nutrition, which we're going to kind of tuck into in a moment, but there's also an art to it, right? So there's, you know, you may start, like you said, with someone on a rebounder or whatever it is, and then that doesn't work for them for whatever reason. So you have to find an alternative. And that's the sort of the, the, application of the program over time with nuance is where we end up getting the best results. So if you do something for 10 days and you say, oh, it didn't work for me, it's like, well, you haven't done it long enough yet. You know, we would never expect that you would eat one salad and say, you know what? I've optimized my estrogen detoxification pathways now Mm -hmm. for life. Mm -hmm. Like I'm good now. I'm nutritiously healthy, right? It's the same thing. We have to be consistently applying the intervention. In this case, we're talking about resistance training over a Delta, over a, over a period of time where we can begin to see how things are changing and how things are showing up in the body. hundred percent. Couldn't agree anymore. Love that. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Well done. I like that. No, but no, but you want to know what that's, it's nice to hear because, and it sounds corny, but I want more people doing things that way. Like I want more people, more, more doctors, more coaches. I mean, how many doctors have you heard just give poor advice? And you're like, no, why are you giving that advice? Like, no, it's important to me that we send a good message out there. It's important to me that even coaches, right? I'm not a doctor. Like I, I've team, I'm Dr. Gabrielle Lyons, my functional medicine doctor. I'll, I'll send people to her if I need, or, or Dr. Dwayne Jackson or, or people that I trust to handle areas. They're my team, right? And I just want things done better. So more people aren't as discouraged. Like if we can get more people off the couch next year, you know, we're living in a better place, right? Yeah. And I think that, you know, with someone such as yourself with the, you know, the caliber of clients that you have, I think that you're probably asked like maybe more often than you want, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what's the, what's the program that Blake does? What's the program that Ryan does or Anne Hathaway does, you know, et cetera. And I think that that's the wrong question. Yeah. I think that the question is, what is the thing that I can do consistently over time? That's going to reap the best results so that I can, you know, you mentioned before, get stronger and I can show up for the people that matter to me in my life, husband, kids, you know, career, whatever it is. Um, one of the things that I noticed, um, at least when I was in my brick and mortar practice, cause we would do a lot of physical testing, um, for the, for our incoming patients was that no one could do a squat properly. And uh, my women specifically, we had a push-up test and it was like, not on your knees. I want you to do a push-up on your toes as many as you can do with good form. Rarely would they get to two. So mm-hmm. we have this sort of rampant problem with nobody's knowing how to squat properly. And then women, you know, we, I know, I, I think that most women would agree lunges and hip hinges and things with the lower body, like squats and, you know, all of that are great for shaping our lower body. But I think we don't pay enough enough attention to the upper body and upper body strength with women, which is why we see so many women who can't do a pull up and who can't do it. Like, no, like the pull movement, let's say is not uh, optimized and neither is the push. Like nobody, not many women can do more than five pushups. Right. I think they're automatically afraid that they're going to put bulk on there. Right. And, and, um, and listen, and I think that's, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not being sexist here. I'm saying something statistically. I mean, I, I know more women that have stronger lower bodies than guys, but you know, rarely are you going to see, I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but females have a stronger you know upper body than, uh, yeah. than uh, men. And I think you just said it statistically, they do not They're I think they're more afraid to go in and to actually train. And I, and I think it, when you ask me, it's not, and you were right. Like it's, what are their programs? I think it's more, what do they do in common? 
right? Like, what do I have all of them do in common? And the first things that I do when I sit down with them is I ask them about sleep quality. That's like probably number one. I ask them about, you know, new things going on nutritionally, di digestion, hydration, like those those to me are really important things. And then I get into activity level and then the program is going to change, right? It's going to change according to equipment. It's going to change according to inefficiencies on how someone moves, right? If, um, if someone can't externally rotate that, you know, that, that arm or they have poor thoracic extension, I'll, I'll work on that stuff, right? I'll work on that in their movement prep or prehab or warm up, whatever the hell that you want to call it. And then after I'm focusing on the kind of unwinding the body and trying to recreate some mobility in the body, then yeah, then we're getting into the training portion of it. And there are things I have to focus on also, like what are they interested in? If someone's coming to me and they're like, I absolutely hate doing this. I'm a good enough coach where I can get a very similar response from having them do something that they don't absolutely hate. So I do understand that the entertainment effect is important, but yeah, like when you look at people like Blake or Emily or, you know, or um, Cindy Crawford, I've worked with, like they're doing farmer carries, like they're doing goblet squats. Like they are, you know, some of them might be, you know, one might be learning to, you know, do a kettlebell swing and I may never have another one do a kettlebell swing. Why? Because one, it just aggravates them. They, they're always living in extension. Their low back, for some reason, just lights up. So I'm not going to be stubborn and say, let's continue to do this. I'm continuing to find out and understand why that happens and focus on those things. But the juice ain't worth the squeeze. Like, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to find something else, you know, different to still give them that same response. Pushing sleds. Yes, pressing, pulling, getting them doing pull-ups. Banded if, if I have to, maybe in the beginning with, with the push-up, which I think is one of those foundational movements that we should all do, or we should know, have the strength to do. But if they can't, yeah, we'll have them do it on an elevation. Yeah, I'm trying to enhance the push-up by talking to them about how push-ups are moving plank and, and engaging the lats and engaging the glutes and having it move in one piece rather than always going into extension. There are things that I'm tightening up on that in time, you know, I like, I believe a goblet squat, like it's not just about the lower body, like a lot of core there, a lot of upper body has to stabilize that. Like, do we have to have a bar in our back? I did today, but most people don't have to have that. It's something I enjoy doing and I've earned the right to do. So, you know, again, being strong is something that um, I feel like a lot of women should continuing to be focused on, right. And not just cardio, 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 you know, better than anyone. It's like, well, if we develop muscle on our body, our body becomes a little bit more of that fat burning furnace, right? We'll increase that resting metabolic rate, which means we're burning more fat calories at rest. That's important. Is cardio still important? I love cardio. I enjoy it, right? I like getting that mindless sweat, but I'm not in there. If I have to lean out for the cover of muscle and fitness, which I might've shot last October, I'm not sitting there like cardio, cardio, cardio. Like my training doesn't change. My macros are a little bit more dialed in. And I'm paying attention. Is it hit cardio? Well, I might be really stressed out from the amount of training and my, and my nutrition and maybe work and other things. So maybe hit cardio isn't the best decision for me. Maybe it is steady state. Well, I heard hit cardio was the best for fat burning. It's like where these are all minuscule, you know, best. It's like, what does that mean? Like what, they gave it to a focus group of 10 people and they might've gotten a little bit of a better response to it. There's so many variables that they're not taking into consideration that I need to take into consideration as a coach. If someone's taxed, if they're just fatigued, if they're not sleeping well enough, hit cardio might be the absolute worst decision for them, right? So 
I think a lot of times we need that coaching element. We can't just look at what's on paper and say, oh, well, so-and-so did it. They're an influencer. They look great. Yeah, but that's what worked for them. Right. Sodium is an essential nutrient involved in the maintenance of normal cellular balance, the regulation of fluid and electrolytes, and your blood pressure. Start your morning right with a refreshing, salty tonic of LMNT. It's spring season now, which means I will be enjoying watermelon or grapefruit salt on ice, and it is a fabulous way to balance stress hormones and make sure that I am maximizing my muscle gains. Element T also has a no questions asked refund policy. Try watermelon or any flavor that you want, and if you don't like it, they will refund your money no questions asked, and you don't even need to return the box. Head over to drinklmnt.com forward slash Dr. Estima. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash D-R-E-S-T-I-M-A. And you will get a free LMNT sample pack with any purchase. So let's talk a little bit about physique building for women. I know we've been kind of dancing around it a little bit. We've talked about uh, low intensity, steady state. We've talked about high intensity, uh, hit training. Um, I always get this question and I have, a, I have a couple of thoughts around it, but I'm curious about your response. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that um, I remember when I first launched like my first fitness program and I started like this was like super naive and junior because I thought that everybody had sort of everyone was on board with this, but I'm like, okay, so you're going to be eating more calories than maintenance because we're trying, it was like a, it was a booty building program. And they were like, mm -hmm. all the women were like, what? <laughs> so my question to you. And so I learned the, uh, well, I'll say I learned the hard way that being, uh, telling a woman that she needs to first find out what her maintenance calories are and then eat surplus to that, especially if her goals are hypertrophy, which is what you require in order to build muscle. Uh, a lot of women are not comfortable with that. So the question that I get most often is how do you build muscle, but lose fat? Or how do you build muscle in a caloric deficit? Um, and I'll, I'll, I'm sure you have some thoughts on it. I, I certainly do, but I would love for you to, I'm curious to your response around that. I think building muscle in a caloric deficit is very difficult. I'm not going to say it's impossible. and I'm not going to say that I haven't done it right. I'm, um, for, for me to be in a caloric surplus um, over the last 25 years, am I going to tell you I've been in a caloric surplus all the time? Absolutely not. I've probably been more towards maintenance calories into a deficit um, than I have been in a surplus. And, you know, I remember since I really started this, I probably put naturally, you know, probably about 35, 40 pounds of muscle on in my lifetime, which is my lifetime of, of training, which, you know, since, you know, I'm sorry, let's do the math. And I started when I was 16. So yeah, it's close to 30 years. So I think like most people, you know, that sounds like a lot, but in that period of time, it really doesn't. Um, what I try and do with people is I try and understand where their calories at, because if a woman's consuming, and I'm just saying women right now, because I know this is, you're saying this is the majority of the people that you work with. If a woman's consuming a thousand calories a day, which is probably underneath where they should be consuming, right? Would you agree with me? Like most oh my women, goodness. most yeah, women right. are, and most women are around that they're around a thousand, 1200 calories, which is why I'm of... saying that a hundred percent, it's probably like more like, to, you know, a thousand, 1200 calories, but yeah. let's just say a thousand for math purposes. And they go and they find out that their to total daily energy expenditure, meaning the total amount of calories that they need is 2000. I will never tell that person that they need to be eating 2000 calories that next day. I might, depending on the individual, have them increase their calories per week, maybe 100 to 200 calories a week, right? So 
if we took, if let's, let's low ball, let's say we increase someone hundred calories a week, which could be, you know, 25 grams of protein one week, 25 grams of carbs another week, uh, you know, granted, you know, four calories per gram that could, that would come out to a hundred. That's going to take 10 weeks to get them up to their TDEE. So while I'm doing that, I'm looking at, well, how's energy? How's your energy, right? Is your energy improving? How's body composition? Well, I gained a pound. Well, I'm not too worried about a pound. That's probably water weight. And we'll probably get your metabolism and things to speed up a little bit. How's your sleep quality? Um, sometimes I've, I've actually had specific individuals' body composition improve. Like, oh my God, I haven't lost any weight, but my pants are fitting me looser. I'm like, well, what else is going on? People are commenting, I'm losing weight, but I'm not losing weight. What should I do? Keep doing what you're doing, right? So I, <laughs> yeah. I take a real simplistic approach there. But I also just understand that, like, you know, it's so it's so individualistic. I have a thousand people on my challenge this month. And, you know, I have one guy that, you know, he just we sent him to a nutritionist, one of my in-house nutritionists. We've worked with him over time. And he just his body just does not do well with a higher level of carbohydrates. I'm a carbohydrate person, right? Like I to prep for, you know, my cover in 2018. I just had to look up at it. It was I was consuming. Um, 300 grams of carbs a day through sweet potato and jasmine rice and maybe yeah, it a wasn't bit haagen dazs and cookies no it yeah. wasn't haagen dazs no it was also so understanding like i'm cutting carbs most of the time i'm like okay no you're mm -hmm. cutting bad carbs but our body still needs that energy so it really is a tough question to answer because you know i i do have to go against you know my own rule book sometimes and understand that you could try something with someone over time but you know, sometimes you got to go against the grain of what it is that the majority of your people follow. Um, but, you know, I can tell you right now that most people that I find that are already in that, that deficit of 1,000 to 1,200 calories a day, where are you going to go? So when a nutrition comes to me and they're like, to burn body fat, you have to be in a deficit. I'm like, absolutely false. Like, I, like, I don't care what nutritionist sits down with me. I don't care what your degrees are. I don't care what doctor you are. Absolutely false. You do not have to be in a deficit to burn fat. You don't. You can clean up your calories because a calorie, all calories aren't created equal. Some people say they are, but let's face it. If I was to turn around and feed one of your clients 3,000 calories a day through McDonald's, and they're consuming that processed food and that sugar and what that's doing to hormones and what that, that's doing to sleep quality and energy level and, you know, just, just, just overall quality of life. You're going to feel like shit, right? Like, excuse my language, but that's what's going to happen. Energy is going to be down. Training is going to probably be crappy. You're not going to feel good. Now, if we consume now, if I'm sitting there cooking for you, 3,000 calories a day, which is going to be really difficult to get down, by the way, because when you're doing it through clean nutrition, you know as well as anyone that's, it, it becomes a lot more. Well, you have fiber um, and you have satiety um, yeah, regulators that exactly. are, yes. Exactly. Thank yeah. you. And um, so, yeah, now things change a little bit. And 10 out of 10 times, I've never seen anyone, I've never worked with anyone where once we just change those calories and it's the same number of calories, you will see body composition improvement. Clothes will start fitting you a little bit better. And what are you using to measure also? Like, are you standing on some BS bioelectrical impedance scale that's like, oh, telling me that I'm at 28% body fat? I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm at 28% body fat, sure. <laughs> or are you like, you know, and even there's other things that I'll go do, like DEXA scans. And like, I've manipulated those numbers. Like, I, I know how to do it. Like, you can do it. Like, I, I've gone in for elimination diets and nine, nine 
you know, nine, uh, nine, 10 days later coming back in and seeing that my body fat has gone from nine to six. Like, really? Did I, did I lose that much body fat in that period of time? So I, I also think how people are quantifying success is completely false. Right after my cover shoot, you know, they, they, when I went in for a DEXA, my abs were at five, but my legs were at nine or 10 because I've done a lot of powerlifting. So that's going to offset my body fat. So when people are like, wait a second, it's saying Donnie's is seven and a half. There's no way there's no, I am. You're, you're not looking at how much fats, you know, you know, surrounding my, my organs. You're not looking at my lower body. You're not looking at it, you know, from triceps to subscap to, to all these different areas that are going to hold fat on your body differently. We're all different. Every client that you work with is going to hold fat in different places a little bit differently. They're going to respond to training a little bit differently. It really is difficult, but there's all these different ways of measuring. And I think that kind of screws things up also, because then suddenly someone's just using someone, something and they're thinking that's the gold standard. Yeah. And which is why I think that we need to have non-scale victory. So yes, the scale is important, but measurements are also important. How you look you know, taking photos is important. Those jeans that have been sitting in your closet at the back, you know, at the back of the closet since you in your twenties, if you're sort of eyeing them up now and you're, you know, trying them on and they're fitting, I think that's important. The energy, the sleep, the libido, all the things that you were mentioning. And you're talking about, I love that. yeah. And, and you're, thank you. And you're talking about, um, one, one of the things that I think most women at some point need to do, because we have most women that come in to see me are trying to lose weight, uh, they're trying to improve their body composition and they have been consuming, let's say a thousand calories, 1200 calories or whatever. And like you said, there's nowhere to go. And when you have this, when you're eating that little calories for that long, you know, we, we see changes. We see changes to our basal metabolic rate. Our digestion slows down to like squeeze every single morsel that you're putting in, like everything slows down. So you're, what you're essentially talking about is a reverse diet, you know, adding this like, you know, hundred calories, let's say over several weeks, uh, you know, allowing for that muscle protein synthesis, if we're having more protein, let's say, uh, and even having more carbohydrates. Like I think, um, you know, I was watching one of your, um, Instagram videos, you were talking about like a, um, like a post-workout shake that you, that you make and it was yeah. like protein. Yeah. And I think you put some yeah. fruit in it and some other yeah, uh, minerals. Yeah, it a little more powerful. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, uh, you know, so I talk a lot about, uh, metabolic flexibility. I usually like to start a lot of people on a ketogenic diet, but I don't think that people should stay there because it's not sustainable I over agree. time. I, I agree with you. But we're so scared of carbohydrates. And I love that you said, like I was having 300 grams of carbohydrates. One of the things that carbohydrates are so important for in the context of body, I mean, I know I'm singing to the choir here, but just for my, for my listeners is sure. when we, when we have protein, of course, this initiates that muscle protein synthesis that bought like building up those muscle proteins to help with the hypertrophy, to help with the healing from the, from the gym and the carbohydrates help with preventing muscle protein breakdown. So mm -hmm. what we're hoping for when we're thinking about building muscle is net net. We have this hype. We have more muscle proteins that are being built than we have that are being broken down. And so many women are like, but aren't I going to be out of ketosis? And it's like, yes, you are. But the point is that you're not supposed to be in ketosis all the time. I love the, listen, I love the conversation of metabolic flexibility. I just think that everyone's choosing a diet, right? It's, it's, I wouldn't even like, God, if you ask me what would be my favorite diet for someone, maybe the Mediterranean diet. Like for me, that makes total sense where you're getting, you know, healthy grains and a ton of vegetables and healthy oils and proteins. And like, that's 
fine. But like, I, I, I can't even like begin to tell you, I get people ask me about diets now or, or they'll throw names like whole 30. And I'm like, I've never even heard of this. And then I read it and I'm like, Oh, that's just, someone's just recreating a name for this. Right. And, but I think, and I love that you said metabolic flexibility, right? Because people aren't necessarily focusing on that. They're, they're just, they want to just go into one direction of like, oh no, no carbs. I'm like, all right, well, where's your energy source from? And I've just seen a lot of people screw themselves up if they're, if they're not, um, if they're not eating a well-rounded diet, like what's metabolic flexibility really? It's learning to use carbohydrates and fats as your energy source, right? It should be like, you should be able to use those as your energy sources. And you know, naturally, like if you're not used to consuming one of them, like you may not be as efficient at burning them, right? Like this, it just makes perfect sense. So, you know, I, I think not to jump around a lot, but I think the big problem with body transformation change is that um, people will start with this plan and then they just throw in too much of like cheat meals or maybe I need a refeed and they're never truly learning. Right. what this does to their body. Like if, if someone's on the, trying to get on the ketogenic diet and they're never in ketosis and they're just crapping out every weekend, it was, it was cool because I, I got turned onto a product. I'm not, I'm not, pro, I'm not promoting anything right now, but, I, but I'm going to tell you a non-scale victory that I, um, that suddenly became quantifiable, but, but it's a product called Lumen. Have you heard of oh, it? Yeah, we, we work. Lumen is one of the sponsors of the podcast. Oh, fantastic. Okay, great. So I can talk about them. So I, <laughs> yes. I, I started, I actually started working with Lumen um, I want to say almost a year ago now, and I was skeptical early on, right? I got, so I'm, I'm breathing in this chamber and I, I used it to reverse diet from my last cover shoot. And the coolest thing about it was it gives you this flex score, right? And as you're, as it kind of warms you into this whole thought of metabolic flexibility and consuming carbs and, and fats, um, your flex score in time, it'll get your flex score to improve. And I started getting a lot of my challenges on it. And I saw that as they just focused on getting that flex score better, their body composition started changing. So they weren't even like, oh, they were off the scale. I'm like, just focus on the flex score. Like, it's just easy. Like, it was never like, oh, well, I've, you know, I, you know, I was down five pounds and then I had, I went out to dinner last night for my birthday and I gained three of it back. I'm giving up. I'm like, you didn't gain it back. It's just, it just, BS weight, you know, so don't worry about it. So now I like those things that are becoming mixed in now. Like I, I like focusing on things like flex scores, non-scale victories, and then just enabling someone to focus on just being great at what's being assigned to you that day. I think it's very smart. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about lifting heavy. One of the things that um, I am always telling my women, so we've, we, let's just assume that you're not going to turn into the Hulk because you can't, you don't have the testosterone to do so. I mean, they're there. And, and we'll say that maybe, maybe there is a small percentage of women who have the genetic, you know, makeup and constitution to be able to put on massive amounts of muscle, but you'll already know if you're that person, because you, you'll already be super lean. You would have known this your whole life. Mm-hmm. So let's just assume that you're not going to get bulky. One of the things that I often talk about is lifting differently, especially for women who are in their, uh, reproductive years still. So they have this, you know, this menstrual cycle, this reproductive cycle where they have these altered hormones, let's say through the month. Um, I still, and I'll say you'll change the, 
reps, right? So maybe in week two, pre-ovulatory, we see testosterone spiking. Like I want you to lift like a heavy mother, like, a, you know, a yeah, mofo, yeah. right? Like I want hey, five hey. to seven reps. There should be someone there. You know, there's like three to like, there's a spotter there because it's that heavy. But when you go back to like the eight to 10, let's say in week one or week three, because we have like lower, est- we have lower estrogen, et cetera. That still doesn't, that doesn't mean that you just like, you're just kind of like looking around, like it's still heavy, like no matter the sets. Oh my God. I love that you're saying this. This is so good. This is so awesome. I always laugh. People are like, Oh, you know, do you, uh, uh, do you, you like to lift heavy all the, all the time? And I'm like, yeah, They're like, but I just saw you do 20 reps on something. I'm like, yeah, but it was heavy. It was <laughs> heavy like, for 20. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I could be doing singles, which I like doing fives, eights, tens, twenties. Um, my buddy and I, the other day, we, we just decided for some reason to just murder each other and just do some huge drop sets. And we were doing like 50 to hundred reps on like a, like a finishing set. Like it's heavy no matter what, like it doesn't matter, but yeah, no, I listen, I, I, I think that's when you really start taking things up a notch, like what you're talking about with doing things around an individual's menstrual cycle. And, and, um, but I do believe I, I like, I, I've had plenty of women train in that five to seven rep range, that five to eight rep range, um, but they got to believe in it, right? And they also have to understand that you, oh, you, you can't always point the finger at the program. I'm getting bigger. Okay, let's talk about what have you been doing? Like, and, and there is, listen, there is a possibility. Like there's sometimes, um, you know, women might respond a certain way or sometimes I've worked with a lot of models for, you know, w- w- you know, whether it's Victoria's Secret models or whoever it is that their body types have to, they, they really need to keep their body into a specific, you know, um, requirement. And we have to be, and I, and I also have to play to their, you know, to their confidence level. So if they're, you know, panicking about strength training, I'm not going to get them down to fives and sevens in the beginning. Like just the fact that I have a right. dumbbell on their hand now, is all right, let's just, let's just kind of work our way into <laughs> it's it. Okay. Let's they're not... pink and they're, <laughs> it's fine. As mm. long as you have them in your hands. <laughs> but you know, what? I actually had a, I actually had a crazy story. Again, it's a stigma. It's this thing in our head, like quick, quick, quick story for you. I had a woman, very well-known name show up into my office one day and she's panicking. And I'm like, what is it? I'm, 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 oh my God, I'm drinking too much wine and I'm having too many desserts. And I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? Like, like what, like, is your, are your measurements off? She's like, no, my measurements are perfect. And I'm like, well, what did your booker say? Like, is he, is he panicking at you right now? Is he telling you that, you know, that, that your looks bad? Oh, he's actually really happy. I'm like, all right, listen, I got to ask you this question as your coach. Like, how do you think you look naked? She goes, look pretty damn good to be honest with you. I'm doing pretty <laughs> good. Advice. So I looked at her, I'm like, well, what's the problem? I'm like, what are you even doing? She's like, I've been having a glass of red wine every night. I've been splitting a dessert with, you know, whoever it was, you know, I'm splitting the dessert with them. I'm like, good for you. She's like, well, what do you mean? I'm having gluten, too much sugar. I'm like that's in your head. Like you exercise, you're on your feet all day. You eat beautifully all day. If the worst thing that you're doing to your body, you don't do drugs, you don't smoke, nothing. You, you never have more than a, a drink. Like if the worst thing you're having every night is a glass of wine and a fork full of a chocolate cake and you look like that and you feel great, your blood markers are fantastic because you're going in for your checkups, good for you. This is how I want you to live. And if it becomes a problem, then we'll talk about it. But again, it's this whole thing in our head that we have to live a certain way because someone else is or someone else is recommending it, right? And that's far from the, we have one life to live here. We got to enjoy it. Am I going to tell you I never have a beer? Of course I do. Like I 
I love beer. Like I, I do. Like I love like my wife and I, when we, when we travel, we go snowboarding with the kids. Like our thing is to drink like good IPAs or lagers or whatever. When I'm home from that though, like it's, it's game time. I never drink at home. Like I go out to dinner. I don't drink, but like there's certain times when we were in Turks and Caicos two weeks ago, yeah, every day at lunch, I, I have like two presidentes. Like I'm not going to hang myself over that. Like I, I exercise, I keep my vegetables robust. I make sure I'm getting good quality proteins in and I stay hydrated and I, and I work out at what level when I was on my trip, I was getting 30, 40 minute workouts. And sometimes I was going back in when my wife was getting ready. I was doing a run. Sometimes I wasn't, but I sweat. I felt good. I enjoyed some food. I got back to New York. It was game time. That's how I want people to live. Like, don't live like a hermit when you're on vacation. That's when you call it a vacation, right? Like, we're not going to, if you follow these values, the majority of your life and, and the majority of the time throughout the year, you're, you're going to be fine. Yeah. And as we come up to the summer season, you know, of course, there's a lot of barbecues. There's the 4th of July. There's, oh, it's tough. you know, and, and people are like, what should I do? I'm like, you should enjoy yourself because, you know, that if you are 80% of the time, let's say, or 90% of the time, you are on point with your nutrition, you have a routine dialed in that you're able to, uh, you know, punch out consistently then you can have the popsicles and the beer yes. and the potato salad, whatever, you know, whatever yeah, it is. Whatever you want to have. Or like yeah. if I'm going to a Mexican restaurant, my wife and I are going to drink a few margaritas. Like, am I worried about the sugar? Like, no, I'm not going to trash my body from what. Now, if I was doing it three days a week, different story. Correct. If I was even doing it weekly, like would I be in the shape I'm in now? Probably not. I'd probably start retaining a little too much water the quality of my body composition is going to maybe diminish a little bit at the point where maybe i'm only going to notice no one else is going to notice so you know i think it really is to each his own like i i think you got to understand that there's got to be some discipline put into this like there's got to be some call what you want laws rules values that you follow like i just i never ever ever will open you know have a cocktail at home I just don't do it. Like I just, I save it for when I know, like I'm going to Nashville in a hockey tournament in a few weeks. I'll probably have a few beers with the guys. I will not have one until then. I just won't. It's just not important to me. But when I'm away with my friends and we're playing hockey, we're having a good time. Yeah. You indulge a little bit, but that's how I like to live. Right. What's the point in having so much health if you can't spend it? You know, like if you can't go have a beer with your buddies or have some margaritas with your wife, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I am a, you know, a health nut or, you know, whatever you want to call it as well. Right. Um, but what is the point if you are all, if there's no pleasure in it, right. If you're, if you go on vacation, like, Oh, I can't have that. No, you should have the rice and you should have the guacamole and the tacos and whatever comes with it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. But like, like even the things that you just said, like rice, guacamole, tacos, like these are nutritious foods, right? right? Like, I mean, really right? But are. think about that. But like, I was like, well, I was posting my food when I was away. The Amanyara you know, asked me to do some, some posting for, for them. And yeah, I was eating, what was I having for lunch? Having some chips and guac. I was having a big salad. I was having fish tacos. It was delicious, right? Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Like it was a flour tortilla. Okay. I had two presidentes or like a red stripe. Like it's going to be okay. Right? Like you're active, you move, you enjoy. And when you, and when you get back, home, then you're, people ask, how do I stay motivated? It's because I don't deprive myself of those things, of that enjoyment all the time. I'm always motivated because, you know, after I do something like that, I feel like I've earned it. And then it's time for me to go back home. But what I won't do is on a Tuesday night, I won't be bored with my wife and say, all right, let's open a bottle of wine. Like that's not existent. Like that's not existent. I don't need that. For a woman who is maybe in her forties or fifties or sixties, um, who 
is now, and we'll, maybe we'll, maybe we'll actually shift it to menopause a little bit. So like fifties and above, let's say, who is now in a lower testosterone, lower estrogen environment, uh, hormonal environment. How do we maintain, or how do we encourage, uh, or train her body to help either build or maintain the muscle mass that she has? We have to find specific movements that our, our bodies can, our body can perform safely. Right. And I, and I say that because you know, if someone's having a hip issue or neurodorsiflexion in the ankle, like, am I going to tell them to squat? Like, we may have to give them the variations of the squat. But I'm going to eventually, and I'm not telling you, please, everyone listening, I'm not telling you to pick up heavy stuff on day one. That's got to be earned. But the goal is to get strong. Get strong. Do not. Uh, there's a level. The word I always use with my clients is resiliency. I want your body to be resilient. Muscle is body armor. My grandmother had a bad fall in her 80s, and I think that was her, the decline of her health. She did not have the body armor on her body to withstand that fall. So, yes, as we're in our 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, you need to do some type of resistance training. Now, if that's a dumbbell, a barbell, a kettlebell, a band, I don't care, create tension in the muscle, allow the body to move the way the body's been meant to move. Remember, mobility is a combination of flexibility and stability. So for a lot of you out there who can get into a position, and you're flexible, and you're always feeling like you need to stretch, you probably need more strength, which is stability. So I think it's understanding how your body moves and what your body needs. And you can assign a minimal dosage to your life every day. You do not have to be in there for 90 minutes, two hours a day. Get in there at a minimum. I mean, God, if you gave me a minimum of 10 to 20 minutes a day, I'd be a happy person. Is that enough? Yes, it is. It is, it is plenty. If you're choosing the right exercises, if you're going in, you're executing and you're leaving, fantastic. If you're someone that just has always wanted to want it and you just don't have the motivation, you're like, Don, every time I go to the gym, like right when I hit that 30 minute mark, I just lose motivation. Then I'll be like, all right, then let's go under 25 minutes. Let's make sure under 25 minutes we're out. And when you want to continue to do stuff, don't just throw in frivolous work for the sake of doing it. Think about tomorrow. Think about your next day. If you just keep throwing in all these additional exercises and you tie yourself out and you ruin your readiness for the next day, that's when you move, lose motivation. So get in, hit it, be strong, hit it hard. And, you, you know, find, I'm not saying, I'm not selling me. I'm not selling, you know, Dr. Stephanie here. Like find a coach, a coach, not an influencer who's reputable, who can, you know, who can, who understands program design is going to be able to give you something that's a bit thoughtful, right? It's not uh, like there's training and there's working out. Working out's great. It's mindless. But when you're training, you're actually focusing. And I think we need both, right? So just going in and doing frivolous exercises, you're, you're, you're going to, you'll be able to optimize things probably a little bit more efficiently with a little less time. If you're going in there with, you know, some homework, if you're going in there with, you know, a plan, rather than just pulling stuff out of the air and just doing it for the sake of tiring yourself out. I think you said something really um, brilliant that I just want to uh, highlight, which is this idea of getting strong. You know, so yeah. often, you know, I, and I'll like in honest, like honesty and transparency, I first came to the gym because I wanted to look good in a bikini. Like I wanted yeah. to look good. That's why yeah. I, I, that's what brought me in. Um, but why I've stayed is for the strength gains for me feeling really empowered and strong in my body and also for performance. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of women I know, um, 
my better listeners, um, they're type, a lot of us, a lot of women, we are type A personalities, right? It's like all or nothing. And if we can't have all, we often choose nothing. And I think when, you know, it's like, it's all or nothing. If I can't look like Blake, then forget it. Why do I, why would I even try? And I think that if we, if we shift the focus from aesthetic, I mean, you keep that as an outcome goal, right? You keep that as an outcome, but if you shift the focus in the gym, from the, how you look to how you perform. Um, I think that you'll make, if there's coaches, I know that there's coaches that listen to this as well. I have a lot of clinicians that listen to the show. You will make, or like the amount of progress that you will make with your clients, the retention. I mean, it's also a retention strategy, right? As well. Like they will stay with you over the long term because they're getting stronger. They feel better in their bodies. And then it bleeds into, uh, other areas of their life. I have one, um, clinician, one practitioner that I'm working with. She wasn't able to ski because she was feeling like she didn't have the energy every time she, she was like brain fog. She couldn't keep up with her husband. And then we sort of took her through a program and she's like, I never would have thought, but now like she's in Vancouver, you know, she's at, she's, you know, at Whistler, you know, every other weekend with her husband and her kids. Right. Awesome. But she would have never like signed up for that program. Yeah. But but that changed her life. And now these principles she's going to carry with her for the rest of her life. And yeah, I mean, sometimes, again, it's, uh, I'm sure she wished she did that a lot earlier, but like, you know, you even brought up Blake today. Like she's, Blake's a mother of three. Like she's, right. she's, she's a businesswoman. She's a wife. She's, in my eyes, I think she's a marketing genius. I mean, I've stolen more ideas from her than probably anyone that I've ever worked with. I mean, she's coached me through so much, but listen, she's up with her kids. Sometimes they're sick. She's a mom. She's not, she's, she's doing that on her own. Like I'll go into a session some days. I'm like, how'd you sleep? And she's like, oh my God, this one was up sick and puking. And the other one wanted to snuggle with me. And she's a mom, like she's got to deal with that stuff. And then, you know, um, and then the next day, you know, her and I are trying to figure out, you know, what's the best approach. And sometimes it's just some light stretching and some light movement and keeping her head in a good place. So she can make some better decisions, but it's not perfect with any of these people. There's not one celebrity that I've ever worked with. That's just this robot of like, Oh, like I'm just going to do everything. It doesn't work that way with anyone. I think that's kind of comforting because, you know, others will see that people can get to a certain place out there, you know, without looking for this level of perfection. It's just be consistently doing it. You don't have to be perfect all the time. Just be consistent at making that attempt. If you're just consistent at going in there every day and doing your best, if one day it's 50%, if one day it's 100%, if one day it's 70%, honestly, like you'll turn around 365 days later and just be like, oh my God, like you'll start seeing it a few months and people will be like, what have you been doing? Like, what are you working on? You look amazing, right? Like you are the board of health. Like look at you right, right now. You can tell you train got great skin, like all this good stuff going for you. That doesn't happen overnight. These are things that in time are kind of earned with living this lifestyle. But you know, listen, when it's time to have a good time, everyone go have a good time, have fun, but earn it. You know what I'm saying? Like if I've been, if I turned around and I'm doing it for five straight days and I'm going on vacation, I'm not going to enjoy it. But if I've really been, you know, working and keeping my good, good head on my shoulders and doing things that are healthy for my body, then I go away and I don't want to abuse it, but I enjoy it. Right. Yes, absolutely. When we talk, you said resilience before you love this word resilience. And I think that, um, you know, we've been talking about getting strong in our bodies. One of the things I think is not often spoken about is the mental resilience and the mental grit, um, that we get from training. And I wondered if you might share maybe from your own observations of training, how training has helped 
your brain and your ability to focus, your creativity, your drive, your productivity? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I always, I said this early on, um, I'm early on in my career. I mean, like the most important client I've ever worked on, it's, it's going to sound selfish, but it's myself, right? Like if I, I would, I would turn down sessions during the day to get my own training in because I understood what that would do for me mentally. And in a way I have this line, clean your side of the street, right? If I have all this garbage on my side of the street because my health's off or my training's not consistent or my sleep's not correct, then I can't, you know, people are going to look at me and they're not going to want to learn from me because yes, there is, you know, Hugh, Hugh Jackman's not approaching me in the gym 15, 14, 15 years ago because he heard I was a smart guy. I mean, he also saw me train and saw what my body looked like and we kind of clicked and we started having a conversation. So yeah, there is a little bit of that component that's going to draw people to you as a, as a coach, but if I don't get it in, if I don't, if I, if I'm not in there doing what I know I need, um, it's real, and it really is more about this. Like I really am genuinely people like I'm less concerned about this. Like I know if I train because I'm fulfilling a need I have up here, then everything else is going to kind of fall into place. And then it becomes easy because then there's just little tweaks nutritionally that I need to do, or maybe to my training, which allows aesthetically my body to fall into a specific place. If I have a shooter, I have something going on, but, um, it's really more about this mental um, approach. And I'll steal the line from my best friend and my training partner. I met him 18 years ago. He's 60 years old. Um, he's got a movie coming out, uh, this Friday night. Um, I saw him doing pull-ups this year with 200 pounds around his waist, 60 years old. Right. And my body will never look like him. He's got just an unbelievable physique, but he said, he goes, Don, this is part of my survival. Yeah. He said that to me 18 years ago, because if you remove that from him, he can't do what he needs to do for the rest of the day. So that's why I never really fall into that. Well, do I have kids? Yeah, I have two kids. They're the most important things in my life. I'm married. I'm happily married. I love my wife, Mel. Like she's unbelievable. She also happens to be my business partner, but they know all of them that dad needs his time. If dad, when dad does his time, dad could be Superman. But if dad doesn't get that time and it's not even like, not a question, like where's, where's dad? You know, he's working. It means I'm working out. Like he's working. Like we could be at Disney. Uh, I'll be first thing in the morning. When, when are we, when are we going on the rides? Daddy will be back from the gym in 15 minutes. I'm like, okay. Like, it's right. not even like, it's not even like a foreign conversation anymore, but that was something that I established in my life. And that was something that everyone around me understands is important to me. And if someone's listening to this and they don't have that in their life, then that's something that I think you need to establish because no one's ever won the battle. No, no one's ever won that. What, what's the line I use? No one's ever won that fight. Right. Meaning, I've seen some of the strongest human beings, ex-pro football players, Lyle Alzado, who is literally one of the toughest guys in the NFL. And the next thing you know, they have him on camera with a bandana on his head, sitting in the hospital bed because he has cancer. It's like at a certain point, like time's going to run out. Like we have to respect what we've been given, right? We've got to respect, you know, this and this and this, and we have to take good care of that. We just can't turn around and, 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 and neglect what it needs. And, you know, it needs a little bit of attention, uh, needs a little bit of attention. Uh, I think that that's wonderful. And this is one of the things I think my women struggle with the most. What you said is that you have set a boundary. You've said, I'm important enough to invest in. I'm important enough to spend time in the gym. Maybe it's every morning or whatever time it is, mm -hmm. uh, where you want to lift weights 
clear your mind, leave it on the floor, you know, leave it all in, in the barn mm -hmm. uh, where you are. And I think that a lot of women don't even make their own list of priorities or their own list of to do's. So right. if there's one thing that if they're, you know, if you, if you're still listening to the show, then you've <laughs> still gotten this far. The one thing that you should be uh, taking away from this is set some damn boundaries and put yourself at the top of the list. It's like pay yourself first, right? It's like mm -hmm. pay yourself first before, you know, you pay the employees or it's the, it's the um, old adage, like put the, you know, from the airlines, like put the um, oxygen mask on yourself before you begin to help, you know, the person beside you, because you have to, you have, you can only give from a full cup. You can't, you can't pour from an empty cup as the saying goes. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, last question, as we're sort of winding this down, uh, we've been talking about nutrition. We've been talking about fitness. We've been talking about sort of the philosophical premises around lifting heavy and why this is uh, important for women. Um, I wanted to just bridge with the topic of supplements. Um, I'm, I'm typically a minimalist, uh, when it comes to supplement recommendations, but, you know, recognizing that we have, you know, an agricultural system, uh, and a, a, you know, the, the amount of pesticides and nutrient depleted soil, um, that we have. And then of, of course, women who go through this menstrual cycle often are depleted in certain, um, nutrients like magnesium and vitamin D, et cetera. I wondered, oh. um, what your, if you have any foundational basics or things that you could not live without, um, what are some of the supplements that you take for yourself and that you find yourself typically recommending if there is sort of a foundational set that you like people to be on? Yeah. I mean, again, it's individualistic, right? But I know for myself personally, vitamin D, um, I do take a multivitamin. Um, a lot of, uh, nutritionists might say, well, if your, if your plan's balanced, you don't need it, but I just take it. It's more for a peace of mind thing. I work for a company called Thorn. So, you know, I like great their, company. I like their property. Yeah. A great, like, great, great, great company. company. Um, I, you know, I do their fish oil and, um, I've been taking a prebiotic, you know, I would, I would circulate between a pro and a prebiotic. I wouldn't even take them both at the same time. Magnesium, I think is a tremendous supplement. Like you, like you mentioned, um, you know, you know, like a, a whey protein I'll use, but I really consider that less, it, it is a supplement, but I really consider that more nutrition because that's adding to my, you know, macronutrient needs. I believe in, in uh, the thing I like to focus a lot on are, are, is micronutrients. Like I, I like making our foods more powerful. So I, I do try and consume somewhat of a plant strong diet. Like I like making sure that I have plants in every meal. I do like making sure that I'm rotating with specific berries or fruits or, you know, whatever it might be. And I, and I do mix some powders in there. Um, what do I use? I'll use like a maki berry powder. Um, I, I might be experimenting with a reds powder that Dr. G gave me. So I like mixing that stuff in because I do believe that, you know, we, we want to try and, you know, if I'm having a protein shake, like I want it to be a little bit more powerful. So I might mix that in there, which is what I did the other day for that one, one farm product. Um, yeah. That's, that's pretty much like my basics. Now, is that saying like, do I use things like glutamine or branched chain amino acids or creatine monohydrate? Yeah. At times like glutamine, I actually love for gut health. And, um, I, that is more of a supplement that I do take all the, all the time. But I think the BCAs I'm really more into for people who might be in a bit of a deficit. So if they are struggling to get those calories in and we need to make sure that their muscles aren't breaking down as, as much, like I might have them supplement with that, but I don't think it's a supplement that you need if your protein needs are where they are. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it. 
Yeah. Very, very similar to myself. I, I typically take a, a whey protein powder, yeah. uh, the magnesium, the vitamin D, uh, as you mentioned, I love creatine monohydrate. Uh, it's yeah. like, I usually take it after the workout. Uh, you know, I, I think it's great. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. It has been such a pleasure, uh, talking to you and getting to know you a little bit better. Uh, Don, mm-hmm. I, you mentioned that you have challenges. Why don't you give a plug yeah. to your challenges and oh, some of the programs nice that you run and let people know Thank where you. they can find you. You know, thank you so much. I mean, my, my Instagram is Don Saladino and my, uh, my website is donsaladino.com. You know, I, I, I host a monthly challenge and I have programs on there and such, stuff like that. But I think if anyone ever has a question, they want to drop me a DM, I normally do a pretty good job in getting back to them. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I must give you the obligatory legal and medical disclaimer here. This podcast better with Dr. Stephanie is for general information only and the advice recommendations we discuss do not replace medicine, chiropractic or any other primary healthcare providers advice, treatment or care. In the consumption of this podcast, there is no doctor-patient relationship that has been formed and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. The information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for primary care, diagnosis, or treatment. In other words, guys, be smart about this. Take it with a grain of salt. Take this information to your primary healthcare provider and have a discussion with him or her to make the best choice that is for you. Remember, I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. And these conversations are meant for educational purposes only. 